Welcome to Bride Body Family Temple, where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before a watching world. Uh, I'm Eric Miller. With me today recording is Mr. Matt Rao. Hey. And again, Mr. Pat Weaver. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Good. Good to have you again. Uh, today, we're kind of uh, wrapping up at least part of the conversation about how what used to be Cornerstone Community Church is now uh, a part of Mercy Hill Church. We call it Mercy Hill West. Um, and we have a... Uh, a separate location out there where we hold a separate service on Sunday mornings, but uh, that we are part of one church family uh, with with shared eldership and some other things. And so where we left off last time was kind of just talking a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the origin story, if you will, about how this all came about and that it really wasn't from our perspective um, anything that was super planned out or, um, and I say that because there is a lot of emphasis today on this actually being like a, a strategy of going multi-site and maybe it's a little bit like, I don't know, uh, colonialism where it's kind of like you're trying to like brand and take over and get as many, um, as many sites as you, as you can within a certain locality or whatever. And I'm, you know, uh, whatever, we're not really necessarily here to disparage that. I'm but just here to say that that's not, uh, what we were trying to do. It was a little, it was a lot more organic and just relational. Um, in terms of just knowing Pat and some of the people out there, what we said last time was that um, some of those relational uh, things that and overlaps that happened that kind of led to this were uh, that you, we just knew you as a local pastor. You'd met Matt Rao um, uh, originally just standing in line uh, at a calling hours. You guys and ended up going to a, uh, a church leaders conference with us down in Dallas a couple years later. Um, some of your people would help Matt when he was a chaplain at the nursing home at the time, do some services out there. Uh, we would obviously just study with you a lot, sitting at a local coffee shop, um, and would just touch base and just kind of uh, built a friendship. And then that was where um, kind of a lot of these things these things came from. And just to, and again, I'm just kind of reviewing and summarizing here from the last two podcasts. But the point being in all that, the reason we point those things out is um, is I think that in anything like this, or when you're going to really partner together with another local church, even if you're not, you know, going to end up grafting them in or going multi-site or whatever is just just that there has to be trust mm. that's the point there has to be trust trust comes through relationship and relationships take time and so i think that the whole thing of time and relationships is really important and i don't know if you guys want to comment on that at all but i just think that's kind of the bit as simple as it mm. may be yeah. i think that's really the takeaway at least it is for me um i this is pat speaking yeah, <laughs> um i uh i totally agree with that um, there has to be an agreement that we are in this for the name and fame of Jesus Christ yeah. in him alone and to lift up his work. And it can't be about even a loyalty to your organization. Yeah. A loyalty to, uh, it can't even be about a loyalty. Although you love your church family, Ultimately, Jesus is the head of the church, and <clears throat> through our sitting together at the coffee shop and other occasions, we talk about what we're preaching, and then we'd have little back and forth, not really debates, or di but, but dialogues about it. Yeah. And I was learning things about you guys that I didn't even know uh, that I needed to know, but it paid off later. Sure, yeah. And so when the time came for decision-making, we knew there were no motives other than we're following Jesus and uh, we want him to receive the reward of his suffering. That's a phrase we use a lot. Yeah. 
and uh, the reward of his suffering was to see this uh, happen. Yeah, no, that's cool, Matt. You got any comments on that? No, I think I was well said. Um, you know, I just think that just that time factor, you know, the other side of it is too that um, God ultimately has a plan. And sometimes we don't even realize it's just that day in and day out, like sitting with Pat at a coffee house, um, that was part of God's plan. Um, that it was just these little things that were happening, um, that God ultimately had it and, and made it, made it happen. And so trusting him in that process, even though we didn't even know it was a process at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, the whole thing about plan, I, I kind of, this is something God's working my life about so often I heard the phrase, you want to be in God's plan. And so the idea was, is try to figure out what his plan is. Because and uh, unsaid in that is that God wants you to know he got a plan, but he's never going to let you know quite what it is, let you stumble and stammer around and make mistakes. I'm discovering that God's plan is just daily moment by moment obedience. Yeah, abiding in him. Yeah, just, just, that's it. Yep. And then then his plan will just come through. Yeah, it does. You don't he, have to worry about it. He trusts in the Lord with all your heart, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge them, and then it's, you know, they either translate it. He will make your path straight, or what's the other way to say it? Or he will direct your path. Direct yep. your path. But either yep. way, it's yep. the idea of just as we trust in him, he's, it may seem wandering to us, but he's getting us and, and positioning us and moving us right to where yes. to where he wants us to be. Amen. Um, so, okay, so picking up from there, just review here and kind of put some, we'll kind of land the plane uh, in this podcast today on kind of how the whole thing uh, came about and kind of roll into something, mm-hmm. some other things we want to talk about as well regarding the church and ecclesiology. But beginning of January of 22, our interns begin to preach with you on a rotation through the book of Galatians for the first, what'd you guys do that? Like January through April? Yeah, May-ish? it was, it was January, February, March, April. It took about four months. Yeah. And then I, I forget what you guys preached through after that, but you guys did some stuff and they would continue to preach Preached out there. Through the book of Judges. Cause I remember. Oh yeah, we somewhere. were doing Judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. That was part of our Bible reading plan. Yeah. We church. Um, did you guys do that out there as well? As well, too, were they preaching through judges, or was it just kind of like standalone, and that's where where they were and reducing? I things? think they it did several matter. standalone. Yeah, but they were still. But the, the point is, they were still continuing to help fill the pulpit. Right. You, you were preaching every couple and then of weeks I did as well, one, too. Yep. I was. I was. Uh, I bet. Uh, you know, again, maybe don't need to go into all the details, but I backed off to where I was only preaching maybe every fourth or fifth Sunday. Yeah. And then I was coming over and sitting with the interns on Friday. Right. So we we knew what was coming, which was another little r- was rela- awesome. relational piece, yeah, totally awesome, yeah, which is cool. Um, so in there's uh, but but about either May or June then of 22, we had more of a I guess you might call it a formal meeting, uh, just to specifically talk about the stuff with you mm-hmm. and the other elder at the time, Paul Tenafos. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point we had had enough conversation about you know like what's going on here, what's the Lord doing, you know, can this work. And then it was in that meeting where, you know, we had put together just a few bullet points, mm-hmm. um, kind of a little bit more of a proposal of like, hey, here's if, if you want to do something, here's what we think. Mm-hmm. Here's what we think we can do outlined in there where and I, I don't even have it in front of me. I probably probably got it somewhere, which but was just kind of like what what we believed it would kind of mm-hmm. look like um, and how we thought that we could we could help. Again, we've talked about this a little bit in the other last two podcasts, but the guiding um question mm-hmm. uh that might sound simple but truly was
was very helpful was what does it mean for everybody to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Because originally we had even talked a little bit about, and I was probably earlier on in the process, I was probably a little bit more bent this way. And that was just, well, do we just replant it right away? I mean, mm-hmm. should we just do a replant, not, mm-hmm. you know, have like a second Mercy Hill site? Mm-hmm. But I think that as, you know, we all talked through that, and I know Conrad and and Matt, um, you know, played a big role in that too, obviously. It was just like we felt like the consensus was among us, the elders and you and, and Paul, that what it meant for everybody to be healthy was just if we make this actually a part of mm-hmm. Mercy Hill Church. Is that yeah. is that fair? Absolutely. Um and part of that was was admitting that some of the things about me personally and then maybe my part of the history of Cornerstone and then going back in the whole history of Cornerstone was that the things that were unhealthy, um, how do I say this? We We felt the only way that we could become healthy was not just to be a separate church. We needed to join with a healthy group of leaders that didn't have a connection to some of the, again, not, not disparaging anyone uh, in particular, but just with no connection to some of the pathologies of our past. Sure. You know, and, and uh, myself, and it wasn't just Paul Tenefos, but the other elder, he was an elder in training, was Jordan Newman yes, yeah. at the time. We all recognized that we uh, felt tremendous responsibility as new shared authority elders as a result of our constitutional change, which was huge. But we took that seriously enough to evaluate even ourselves and say, we, we want to be healthy. And we don't believe that Cornerstone as it is has the tools to get that done. We need the larger body of Christ. Yeah. And this was such a perfect it seemed to be the direction that the wind was blowing Yeah, by the Lord. And so after that meeting then, um, was it you guys, you and Paul had put together some stuff in writing that you gave to the congregation, yes. right, in terms of like um, taking some of the bullet points that we'd given you in yes. that meeting and then expanding upon them and yes. kind of um, handing that out. Do you want to talk about that at yeah, all? Because I think it's an important I, I in-between can't remember step exactly in terms how it, of how it went, but we basically said, Kind of a, whereas we believe this is the biblical priority, and this is the, what what discipleship is, and blah 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 blah. We make the proposal that um, Cornerstone become uh, not join as a separate entity ministry of Mercy Hill, but that we join with Mercy Hill, and and that their elders become our elders. And Paul and I and Jordan felt very strongly that that meant we would no longer be elders. We we ourselves need to be healthy too. And uh, we felt like it was important to, um, to move forward. We need to leave behind. The old picture that Jesus yeah. says, It'll bury the seed that it may die, that it may give new growth. Right. Um, so, and then from there, after you handed that in, out in writing, it so, was towards the end of July yes. that we had, and we came out, our elders uh, came out and had a congregational meeting yes. with you guys where we basically, it was just kind of an open forum Q&A. Yep. Because, um, and, to, cause it, and we tried to be as honest as we could while we had, 
you know, thought through some things on the front end of this and, mm -hmm. you know, church leadership and function is, you know, obviously that's the world we live in. And mm -hmm. so um, we had put some thought into it. We weren't completely flying by the seat of our pants we also wanted to be honest that hey we hadn't done this before and we wanted no. to acknowledge that you know you guys haven't done this before and we're so gonna we're, go on we're, adventure together yeah we're trying to follow the lord through this and then we had we had that meeting uh yeah i want to say the end of july 2000 mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think you know i people people asked questions which was which was good uh and i think we tried to, to answer them as best we could i thought the meeting overall it was a great meeting overall went well yeah you know, there were some people that had some poignant uh, comments and some, I think there was a certain amount of fear and trepidation. I mean, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal to uh, to surrender control. Uh, it's a cultural shock for us to surrender control and, and just trust the Lord with the bigger body of Christ. It's also humbling to realize that we can't do this on our own. Um, that there's so much about the gospel that was being lived out in those moments. Yeah, you know, I think so too. And um, so that meeting happened. There was a little bit of, uh, I had a couple meetings with individuals after that as follow-up meetings. Um, but for the most part, there was an air of fear, but also joined with excitement. And uh, that was yeah. really the major emotion that was happening. And so sure. it was exciting. Yeah. And then you guys, after that meeting, uh, you voted on it maybe two weeks after that, three weeks yeah, after we that, made, something like that. Yeah, we made, then according to the Constitution, our new Constitution, this was still ultimately going to be a decision of the membership. And uh, But with our new shared authority as elders, we were able to make a unified proposal to the membership that this is where we, as your leaders, believe we want to go. So we're asking you to affirm this, you know, and it, yep. and, and it, it's hard to maybe explain it without a lot more background, but that is just not the way we function. We had an elder deacon board. It would be me all by myself as an elder. This did not come at the membership that way. This came as a multi-group multi of men, leaders. Plurality of eldership. We were, and yeah. they could see in unity. This wasn't the pastor trying to start a movement by himself. This yeah. was this was a people that you've already voted in, said you trusted, had integrity, yep. that that served as elders in training for two years previous to this. And now we're doing it, yeah. you know. And so that was the proposal. That was really the moment where we were going to discern what God's will was. And essentially, what you voted on. What do you remember exactly how you had it worded? It was based. But it was basically something along the lines of, or, you, or at least you were very clear that Cornerstone Community Church yes. will not exist anymore. It was anymore. very clear that we were going to give all property and all assets to the oversight of the elders of Mercy Hill Church. And um, that, uh, and maybe not specifically this language, but the understanding was, and we clarified this at that meeting, the organization, not the fellowship, not the relationships that were there. Yeah. That, that we'd grown together. That sure. that wasn't ending, but that the organizational structure and the property, we were giving it all to uh, our new leaders to provide their oversight to. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Yeah, no, 
hundred percent. You know, I, I was just scribbling down some notes. It's exciting and yeah. terrifying at the same time. Yeah, and I've just been scribbling down notes. We've been having this conversation because there's many more podcasts that will come out of this, just with little things that we're we're honestly just brushing by right now, just to kind of uh, tell the stories, kind of the point here in these few podcasts that we're doing uh, with Pat to just kind of talk about how this went down. Um, uh, but one of the things, just I'll just touch on this briefly, and I, again, I think we could do several podcasts on it eventually. But just as the idea of uh, the church as both organism and mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. It truly is both. I know one of the books that we found helpful is really the first book we read together as an elder team early on was The Trellis and the Vine, which really is just a metaphor for that whole idea of both organization and organism, that the trellis is the organization part of it, but the whole point of it is to help the organism, the vine, to grow. Mm. Um, and you really need both, but again, the point isn't to have the elaborate trellis with a tiny little vine. The point is for there to be life, organic uh, health and growth. Again, again, that whole idea of everything being when healthy things grow. And so, what does it mean for for people to uh, and organizations to be healthy? Um, anyway, that's just what I was jotting down there. But just so we can uh, land the plane on this. Um, so then, from there, you guys voted. It was an overwhelming yeah uh, um, vote there, to, there, to do so. We, we had uh, just a little detail that some of those out there in uh, podcast land from the cornerstone of old might. Remember, um, we had allowed for um, absentee ballots. We later realized that those wouldn't be, shouldn't have been counted. Without the absentee ballots, it was an overwhelming majority. But had we counted the absentee ballots, it would have been over 90%. So the spirit behind it was not just a clear majority. It was an overwhelming majority. So, you know, I, I didn't really care whether whether it was absentee ballots or not. I was more concerned about the unity of the, sure of the people. Yeah. Yeah. The heart behind it. Um, and then I don't know. So that was, was that August, September? Yeah, it was when August. Was that, was that August? Okay. And then when did we take, it was September, October, September, I believe. Was yeah. it end of September somewhere in there when we officially kind of, uh, yeah, kind of planted the flag in the ground that, yep. uh, it was officially part of Mercy Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this past, you know, we're sitting here right now. It's uh, the last week of uh, uh, December of 23, the very last week of 2023. Um, so that was a little bit over a year ago, year and three, four months ago. Um, it's been a year of transition. It's been a year of of, uh, of learning. Uh, I would say, well, not just say, I would adamantly say that we still just come back to that guiding question of what does it mean for everybody to be healthy? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's things we're continuing to try to, improve and to do better but it's been uh we've seen we've seen a little bit of growth numerically out there on sunday mornings not that, that is the metric it's just it's it's maybe a metric not that's necessarily again it's a terrible standalone metric for anything but there's also been uh yeah just some good growth and growth in getting to know people and uh uh and just trying to do our job to communicate as best we can with uh, what we feel like, uh, where we feel like the Lord is leading us, and that is, generally speaking, to continue to preach the gospel yep. and to make disciples. That's it. And I, preach the gospel and make disciples. And um, yeah, so that's what we're kind of a saying going after. I adopted. We're we're not as healthy as we're going to be. We're not as healthy as we want to be, but we're sure a lot healthier than we used to be. Yeah, and we're and we're moving forward. You know, we're and that's how it works. Yeah, we're moving. Moving forward, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, as we're talking about this, I mean, I, I think the, the one overwhelming question I, I continually hear, even from the community, is uh, what's going on with Pat? 
you know, cause he, he, he's the pastor at Cornerstone. He's sitting right here with us, you know, like, is he still there? You know, like, and, and, and this is a community question most of the time, even from other pastors or other churches or as, as I, as we talk through this, cause it was known as, as a lot of times around here, Pat Weaver's church in, mm. in, in a lot of ways, you know, like, so whatever happened to Pat, you know, and that question is an interesting question because we're like, well, he's still there with us. He, he just is no longer in leadership. I, I think it's odd and, to people that a former pastor is still attending the uh, same uh, physical location that he pastored for 10 years. Well, Absolutely. odd, but can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you because yeah. I want you to run with that, but it, it's odd, but it is beautiful. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. And it, and I truly, again, you know, we didn't have you on here just to, just to butter you up, buddy. My but wife but, but I, we're very thankful for you. Yeah, and I think it takes a tremendous amount of humility yeah. and, um, and just a sincerity that is appealing to us and that you truly do just care about the gospel, the name of Jesus Christ and the mission of making disciples. Yeah. Well, what, you know, if the question is, what is Pat doing? What Pat is doing is what he wanted to do and that's get healthier. And, um, you know, uh, actually enjoy being a part of a growing, growing, healthy church. And, uh, I, I'm learning more right now by not doing anything than I ever did by doing things mm. right now. And if that's the way the Lord wants it, the rest of my earthly stewardship, that's fine because I get a chance to, I have opportunities constantly as everyone who follows Jesus has to speak the gospel into someone's life in some way, shape or form. It's, and uh, so, you know, I'm, we're going through a major kind of recalibration, Susan and I, and um, we are so thankful that we are in a safe fellowship for that to happen. So we're, we, we are, you know, we know we don't have perfect leaders, but we know that we are, we have men who are chasing after Jesus like we want to chase after in our lives. And what could you ask for for more than that? Not anything better than that. Yeah, no, yeah, God is good. And he's, uh, we're all just growing and, and following him. I had a, a conversation earlier today with a dad and his nine-year-old daughter who is uh, really, really wants to be baptized. And she's, she's there. The parents aren't pushing her into it, but she's, she's the one asking the questions and is, and is very hungry. You know, I, and one of the things we, you know, so I tried to explain baptism and stuff and, wanted to make sure that she just understood the gospel and had a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, in talking with that nine-year-old girl, one of the things we ended up hitting on was that baptism is just a part of the bigger context of discipleship. You know, and I was telling her how, like, hey, listen, you're going to, I said, I know this is weird to think about, I said, because you're only nine, but someday you're going to be an old lady. <laughs> and I said, you just, between now and then, and even then when, when you're old, and I hope you get a lot of years, is every day, it's about learning. It's about like disciple means learner. And it's about not just academic knowledge, but learning the way of Jesus, learning to follow him um, uh, and learning to obey him and do what he what he wants. And that's all any of us can can do. I mean, I'm I'm 42 been the pastor of Mercy Hill for almost 10 years. You know, you guys are similar, give or give or take. But that's what we're that's all we can do, man, <laughs> is try to is try to follow Jesus. Uh, and he's the one that that uh, that builds this church. And we're. We're not just saved by grace, but we 
have the privilege of being able to serve by grace too. And it truly is by grace because it's not, uh, it's not because of us. It's despite us, uh, to be sure. And he's, he's the one that's faithful. Um, yeah. So I don't know any other, just kind of, uh, finishing touches on that, that I'm trying to think about like the biggest lessons over the last year Mm. that we've, that we've learned just as we've, um, as we're a little over, not quite a year and a half in here, uh, to having two locations on a Sunday morning. Um, one is I just think communication, 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 communication. But I don't think that's just because multi-site. I think it's with anybody, and it's and it's two-way. That I know sometimes for me personally, I think I'm being clear, and I'm not being clear. And I think the other way too is like uh, sometimes people think that we know what questions they have, and we don't know. And so come ask them. Yeah. And it, and again, going back to the that whole thing that we talked about of how this all happened, we can't get away from it. It's like it takes trust. And trust takes relationship, like actual FaceTime, and just time, <laughs> period. Like you can't, uh, you can't rush that process. But I know that's one mm. of the things that I've. Yeah, I think for me, if I was gonna, one of the big things is is you know like going back to the trellis and the vine analogy, is that um, the trellis is pretty important in in this, you know. And I I really thank Conrad for his his organizational. <laughs> side of things because you know like trying to um just being very much mindful of both both locations and 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 trying to communicate on both locations and trying to do the exact same thing on both locations um and, and just being very organized on both both sides of that if we didn't have that it would be very uh, it'd be a little bit more rough than what yeah, we've had sure. up to this point. It's been it's been really rather smooth, honestly. I, I I expected it to be a lot rougher than what we've we've had. Yeah. Um. If I'm gonna be really honest about yeah. it. Mm. No, it's so. good, and we yeah, and it's it's been uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's and it's been a learning thing. I think one of the things again, we definitely didn't haven't done everything perfectly, but I think that um, going into it. And and I think again I I feel like I keep repeating myself here but I feel like it's something that in this season of my life too that I'm trying to grow in a little bit more although you guys might laugh because maybe I do a terrible job with it at this but like truly just letting go of that thing that gets pushed especially upon church leaders in our culture of having this grandiose vision mm. of like vision 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 what's your and you gotta and I, I just feel like guys ha- are all the time like trying to pump out this thing. And it's like, listen, God, it, it's not pretend. Jesus is real. He's seated on his throne. The Father is alive and watching over his children. The Holy Spirit is in us. He knows what he's doing. And as we stay in his word and stay in prayer and stay in community and in love for one another, he really will bring about very specific things Um that he leads us and guides us into and is allowed to, to shape us. And, uh, yeah, and I know we're continuing to try to do that with, with some of the other things we're yeah. facing right now. Just as a... I think too, you know, you know, our trellis might look a little differently than the, than the, um, some of the generality out there of, of multi-site, you know, like, I, I mean, I think all of us as elders, um, actually have an allergic reaction to the word campus. Um, I just, yeah, we I don't like that. it. We don't know why we do. We, it's and, not um, bad that we, you know, we just do <laughs> not looking at it. Like it's a, a you know, it's, it's a separate entity or something like that. You know, like it, it, we, we view it honestly 
I can say it wholeheartedly that we view it as one church, yes. yeah. both locations. Yeah. I, I think the word campus gets so used that it becomes sort of that trigger word to show how successful we are. We've got yeah. multi-campuses, or this campus and that campus, and it just becomes kind of that trigger word. And I, I think that's why I respond to it negatively. I don't want to give the impression that we're out to, to impress anybody. We just want to obey Jesus today. Sure. Yeah. And and that's it. And it's, it's, there's some of those practical things that you get, like we, like we've, we've, well, we haven't, uh, you know, we don't call you the campus pastor either, Matt, even though Matt is out, is out there every week, but again, he's Matt's a pastor at Mercy Hill for everybody. You know, uh, again, we all help shepherd everybody, but he is actually out there on Sunday mornings. And I think let, let, let's do this because we're getting maybe to the end of our time here for this one, but let me set it up here and we'll actually get into this then in some, uh, uh, follow-up, uh, podcasts. And that is just ecclesiologically, and for those of you who don't know, like ecclesiology is just the study of the church or the theology of church, okay? Um, just like pneumatology would be, this, would be the, the theological study of the Holy Spirit. Um, ecclesiology, study of the church. Um, what we want to talk about is this idea of what actually makes a local church a local church. Because so for us, it is a legitimate question. I want to be very clear on this. It's, it's something that we wrestled through early on as we were going through this whole thing is, mm-hmm. can we be one church if we are not all gathered together in the same place at the exact same time for an hour, hour and a half a week? And that's a, fair, that's a very fair question, and, and, it, and it's an important question. Our answer is that, yes, we can be one church because— there's much more that holds us together than just that. Absolutely. That is being together um, in literally the same room at the same time. Once we, that may be, that's part of it. Again, the, the ecclesia literally just means assembly in the most generic sense. And, um, and so, yeah, the assembly assembles, but there's more that holds us together than just that. It can't just be gathering one hour a week in the same place at the same time equals church mm-hmm. and nothing else. It's not so much wrong as it is reductionistic. And so what we want to talk about in some upcoming episodes is just what are the things that make the church the church? Because I think where you could have uh, a real hard line on on all that the church can be, you also have to talk about the church in kind of its, its most simplistic form or maybe like the least common denominator, uh, so to speak. Of of churches, and so in the same way, it's like a uh, when a at the moment of conception, um, you have a baby, you have you have a human being um, created in the image of God. Now, is that a full grown all that a mature man or woman will be? No, it's not. But it's still, but it's still life, and it's still a human being, and to be valued in the same way, you have the seed, the conception of church. Um, at the beginning, but then you also have all that the church can be. And so it's kind of talking about church in those two things and what all uh, makes the church the church that we want to explore uh, in some up, upcoming episodes um, and thinking through that, because it's been important for us to think through it. I think um, it's important for uh, the people at Mercy Hill uh, to, to think through it and to wrestle with it and understand it. And we hope that um, anybody else who's listening uh, that isn't a part of, of Mercy Hill Church, it can also be helpful to you because um ecclesiology, a, a robust ecclesiology is very, very, very much lacking 
in the church, in our culture, I would argue. And that might, might be a strong statement, but I think I'll, I'm willing to kind of, kind of die on that hill. And it matters. You can't. And it matters all the way down to the mission of preaching the gospel and making disciples and what we're actually doing. And so it's a really massive conversation um, that we'll get into next time. But just closing comments there, Pat. Well, I'm just going to say amen to that. You cannot separate the results of the gospel, which is God building his church from the gospel itself. You can't make it a less important thing. The body of Christ, the church, is connected to the very gospel message that we preach. Yeah. And I think I grew up in a compartmentalized view of all that. that The gospel was all about just uh, going to heaven and avoiding hell. And uh, and my world has opened up about that in the last five, six years. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. No, we'll talk about more about it next time, but we thank you guys for listening. We hope this has been helpful uh, as we all learn together what it means to be the people of God before a watching world and to carry out his mission here on earth. Uh, we'll see you next time.